0: Perfect. We love that. Uh, so we're ready? Great. Yeah, I'd say so. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Content Cube. I am Brian Woods. I'm Jake Mosier. I am Zach Holenstein. Special guest. And joining us. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, long-time listener, first-time pod uh, uh, joiner, uh, Corey Join Keithley. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing, Corey? Fantastic. I'm really excited to be here. I've worked really hard on... Uh, on the, my Spider-Man three redo, so I'm really excited to see what you guys think.
0: I, I, I this topic is gonna be great for you too. I know it. J- just knowing that you're Zach's <laughs> friend, I just know it. You guys are gonna, you guys are gonna fucking kill this. You're gonna, you got a whole script right now. I'm gonna have to fucking turn this thing up to two times speed just to get under the four hour mark.
2: <laughs> Brian, I, I'm really disappointed you didn't bring one Because I was hoping you were going to join me in the mediocre repitch category
0: uh, Like That's the thing, I think about it and it's like most uh, We'll get there, we'll get there in a sec How's everyone's week been?
2: That's been fine, I went home for my sister's graduation party That was something, got to see high school teachers Who I haven't Hype. seen in a few years They all have gray hair uh, now, freaky huh? no it was actually the opposite one looked like she like lost seven years is oh, nice. crazy yeah um some some i avoided some i talked to and were nice um it was fine pretty boring week what about you zach and cory
3: like sorry I, i've been house sitting for my sister so i've been walking her you know her big ass fucking dogs um and yeah that's pretty much been the gist of my life Corey, how have you been
1: uh, well, you didn't even mention we went to Six Flags on Saturday. Oh, we did that do was, that. That was terrible. Toby went with oh, you guys, yeah. right? My roommate? Toby did. Toby's Toby your roommate?
0: There.
3: Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> lighting. I they... did not
1: know that. That's crazy. Yeah, no, yeah. He, he might Brian, be here Brian right now. Brian
3: introduced Toby into our life. Yeah. Oh, my God. I introduced a lot of people into a lot of
0: people's lives, turns out. <laughs> <laughs> Toby's Toby's been asking uh, to be on the pod for a while. I know. I, I've been waiting for... I, I assume he's going to go to you at this point because you're so close to him now. I don't know. You know I've been waiting. I've been waiting for the time. You know?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, he's. Uh, it's an open invite, I guess. Uh, whatever. He, it's really on him at this point. Uh, if he's not taking the initiative to be on the show, then I guess that just kind of reflects on him at this point.
0: A guest brings us a topic. We have them on. You know what I mean? I can't. I, I can't, right, I can't, that's, ha- that's I can't have someone talk about photography on an audio format. You know what I'm saying?
3: Hey. <laughs> 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 <Yeah, I, laughs>
0: You know, he will describe
3: I, the pictures to us in great detail, like the blind yeah. guy and Get Out. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. Six Flags up, about as crowded as I've ever seen it, which is you know crazy. Uh, we only it was went really on hot four right? rides. Extremely hot. Uh, I had been sunburnt, probably the worst I've ever been. I've been peeling today like a chameleon. Um, and so I had you know my back on these roller coasters were pretty rough at times, especially the Boss. Um, it was really bumping fuck, me all around. Fuck that know? ride. Oh wow you're like Adam huh Yeah our friend Adam sat out on that one Because he was
1: it, scared of it He, he sat, was, he was he was he sat out on like all the rides Except Mr. Freeze
3: Yeah Adam, was pe- Adam's paid $40 To go on one ride
2: Yeah that's kind of lame I, I don't think the boss is scary It's just physically painful It just hurts to be on
3: Man that wind in your face though Do you not like pain Jake Do you not no. like some pain in your
2: roller coasters <laughs> What were the four things you guys did
1: okay uh well the ninja well we did five things if we did if we did like individual things i think there were five things that we did are you counting are you are counting you, this the line for the icy or? yeah i'm counting the line
3: okay, <laughs> okay that was yeah. the that was, that, you that you was do, honestly the I mean, longest line yeah that was the longest line
1: we waited in. But that but was, it was like the 20 most minutes worth worth it line oh too.
3: god i damn near bought two i,
0: I was so
1: wow. thirsty i um, to <laughs> go back for more yeah how much did really those actually shit. set you
0: back
3: <laughs> Bro, uh, well, here's yeah. the thing. I I bought an icy, and then I also bought like a sprite while I was up there. Yeah, he I'm comes like, out
1: with two cups, and he like.
3: He's cause exactly. I was like, Bro, I waited in line for 20 minutes. I feel weird if I only come away with something that's gonna be gone in two minutes. I was like, I gotta extend this, and then I ended up not drinking all of the sprite because I like I was like, the icy's better. I'm just gonna drink that. Yeah, um, so one. I don't know. That was bad. That was a bad, you know, not not my best financial moment. But yeah, overall, sprite, six bucks, not not a great... You know, we went on a Saturday, Father's Day weekend. It was pretty crowded. So, you know, I'm hope- I bought a season pass, so I actually will probably go again this summer. Probably during a weekday, hopefully, when it's not as crowded and, you know, not as scorching hot. Uh, but, you know, this experience was pretty lame. Like, the wa- the water park, two-hour
1: wait to get into the water park, and then only three rides would be open. So we said, fuck it on that. Um, yeah, and then we left, and we tried to go back to my house to go to the pool, because I have a pool. And, uh... Then it started storming on us, so we couldn't even swim. It was pretty, pretty, pretty rough day. The world just really just had it out for us that day. But, but I did beat Toby's brother in Mario Kart, which Toby yeah, was Toby's talking a will. lot of shit about. How I was like, yeah. "Oh, you know, you could beat me, but you can't beat my brother in Mario Kart. He's great." And then I got there and I just kicked his ass. You know, that's always. It was, good it uh. like,
0: it was like a rough Father's Day weekend for Six Flags. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't recommend going to Six Flags. Ask Corey
3: day. who his uh, Mario Kart main is.
0: What, what I can I say? I was just about to ask. <laughs> what can I say? God is a woman and she hates dads.
1: It's right. Gold Mario. It's a rough one. Golden Mario. Oh, that's a, that's a good pick. Solid. Golden pick. Golden Mario. Because okay, so the, the one. reason I picked it, the reason I picked it, is because I beat the game and I was like, you know what? This is my trophy. I beat the game. I won this character. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna use him every time. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I guess so. It's like um, I guess it's
1: kind of a badge of honor. Yeah. Yeah. Golden Mario, Metal Mario's,
0: dude. I love I love Annihilation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the fuck. Um, yeah, uh, my main is probably Isabel Animal Crossing. J- just that's psychopathic. Just to, just to mix it up, you know what I mean? Are you talking about Mario Kart
1: or in Smash Brothers? Mario Kart.
2: God, she's he in that Smash. Game. You are fucking crazy. No 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 no
1: no. Isabel's kind of underrated in Smash Brothers. I think oh, she's yeah. the one that rolls around with the paint. no. no, no. around. She comes with uh she comes with like a fishing pole and she tosses yeah. people around oh, with fishing pole. That lady. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of Inkling. Oh yes. my gosh, Inkling <laughs>
0: sucks. Who are also in not, Mario. Kart. Not
1: an
3: Inkling fan, not an Inkling fan at all. Uh
0: yeah. So I guess I'll round it out, round out the intro with my week. Um uh, Madison left today, girlfriend left today, but uh, not not the oh, I'm important sorry, part. I'm sorry, Brian. Don't worry I'm about it. Out, I mean, you guys lasted like two years, right? Uh, no, Three, actually.
2: No, she she just went back to Texas. Um, Do, do you uh, want us to stop re- the podcast? We can just end the episode. Really the most major <laughs> Madison loss. Madison
3: left me today. Really, that, that would have been <laughs>
0: sick, dude. That would have been sick. Breakup cast. <laughs> Fucking the call breakup, her on The, call the breakup her on air.
1: podcast. Call her on air, record it. <laughs> <laughs> why 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 <laughs> can i come on for that one as well
0: oh for sure
1: dude you know, I like mean, one,
3: instead yeah. of instead of like brian talking about what he would do differently in like a piece of media uh, like game of thrones season eight he would be like this is what i would do differently in our relationship if you
0: gave our chance. <laughs> that'd be so fucking <laughs> sick dude <laughs> oh I, I played it takes two i finished it P- takes two which is about Going on with your partner and healing your broken relationship—it doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Uh, the real loss was that I bought an iPad today and i am now down four hundred fifty dollars. Um, why? What? what see, I why knew, did you I, buy one? I knew you were about to do ask. Do they still why. come? Do they still come with Temple Run? Uh, I, no, I have to install that, and I'm not. I'm not wasting the fucking bandwidth. You know what I mean? Too rich for my blood. Um, Temple Run two. Get Temple Run two, not the first one. Are we in mm-hmm. Temple like Run three? I'm gonna check the App Store, which is something Recorded I can do now. This is my first star, Apple man. product in probably a decade. Get um, Disney's Brave Run, where you play Merida. <laughs> Temple Run. No, it caps out at Temple Temple Run two. Uh, that's sad. I, I was hoping for. I was hoping for a trilogy. Um, I don't know. I kind of draw sometimes now. Right. And, um, I, I kind of draw cause a lot of people in my, a lot of people in me and Madison's friend group, they're all uh, pretty impressive artists. And, you know, you see enough people like survive a jump off a cliff. Uh, you think you might be able to as well, you know, monkey mentality. I'm like, Oh, maybe I could draw <laughs> and, and I enjoy it a bit. And I've had this surface pro four for, uh, about, uh, my entire college run and um it's like a tablet computer and it's always been a piece of shit but you know what it's always been a piece of garbage nothing works on it it sucks ass but as as you may be able to see the pen at least fucking magnetizes to it the pen magnetizes to it is that you okay Zach, what's up? Uh, Cor- Corey, Corey's audio has
3: has frozen, so he cannot quite hear on his phone right now. I would recommend you just you know open Can, and close the app. Just give it a yeah. give it a reopen yeah. re- and close. Well, Corey? It's fine right now. Now it's oh, kinda okay. ca- Now it's kind of caught oh, up. That's good. what I was saying. Okay. Let's just
1: wait a second.
0: Okay. So catching up. My uh, Surface Pro Four, I got it. It's kind of a piece of trash. Just a terrible fucking computer. Can't really do anything right. Pen magnetizes really? to it. It has a pen. It magnetizes to it, right? You see that, you know, Steve Jobs, say what you will about him, (laughs) died like an idiot thinking he'd live forever drinking apple (laughs) juice or whatever. Uh, I read his fucking biography. That guy, that guy's fucking, what a fucking moron. I got to tell (laughs) you, you know, uh, you know, called his ex-wife a whore to get out of paying alimony and child, child care. Say what you will. He wouldn't (laughs) let them release the pen without it connecting to the fucking iPad. I know I'm a little fucking late to this, right? I know I'm a little- I know I'm a little fucking late. You know, Apple Pencil came out five fucking years ago. You charge it like fucking- putting it into the goddamn- we we all laughed, right? We all laughed five years ago, they showed it. But something they don't fucking tell you, it's not flush with the fucking iPad. So you put- you can't even lay it down. It's like tilting. It's not <laughs> flush with the fucking
2: iPad. Uh, for Steve, the uh, audience, uh, Brian is shoving his iPad into the camera that has the pen connected. Can you fucking believe that?
0: Can you fucking believe? Steve Jobs would not have let that fucking happen. I swear to God, dude. He made him throw out like a billion fucking iPhones because like a month before launch, they came with the prototype and he's like, hey, guys, uh, my, uh, my fucking my car keys are scratching this up. Get rid of them. He, this, thing, this thing can't even fucking interface with the pencil right. It pisses me the fuck off. But hey, it's really good for drawing. They got some good apps on there. Um, <laughs> Apple Arcade. I can finally see what that is. But Jesus Christ, dude, the pen doesn't even fucking magnetize. Bu- I bought a case on Amazon 15 minutes ago. A nightmare. I can't believe it. Uh, but that's about all I've done this week that I can remember. A lot. Of, I, you know, I feel like a lot of things happen in the week, right? Don't remember much of them at all. You know? Anyone else ever, ever get I, every, that? Every
3: time, yeah, every time after the episode, my biggest regret is like, man, I just, I, I could have told them
0: more about my week. And, anyone <laughs> no. else just catapulted <laughs> through their life not remembering any of it? And you fear that one day you'll reach 75 and be like, well, I don't remember anything?
1: It's sure. more so, it's hey, more so Zach. reaching 75 and remembering <laughs> like. So like, I say, Brian, do you need someone to talk to, man? No, okay no, no, home? not until
0: I'm 75, well, at least.
3: Uh,
1: hey, Zach, okay. tell
0: us about your, uh, what did you bring to the class today?
3: Uh, I, I don't know, I'll go last, honestly, I think Jake should start. Well, I know, he, but he, it's you know. your
0: premise. You, you oh, invented yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, sure. Uh, you know. Ooh, you invented it. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> look at you. Yeah, I invented Star Wars. That's, that's You, you invented Brian it, saying? the
0: idea of doing something over
3: Right. No, every, because I know better than the million dollar <laughs> Hollywood writers, We're taking you know? a page
1: right out of JJ's book and just rebooting yeah. all these. Uh, yeah. These,
3: these JJ books. is about to get J.J.'d, Okay. Okay. I'm about to really redo quick. it and just skew it a little differently.
0: That reminded yep. you brought up JJ Abrams, right? And that reminded me of Rian mm-hmm. Johnson because because they they ruined <laughs> each other's trilogy or whatever. Um, now slow they, down. They, so. I was reading that Netflix gave him half a billion dollars for two Knives Out sequels.
1: I think it's Knives Out had think it's a just budget of million, right? I thought it was more. No, than it that. was I half think, a I think billion. Brian's pretty close.
0: Yeah, isn't it really? Yes, yeah, Knives he's Out a had probably. a budget of forty million. Like that has to be like a money laundering operation, right? How do you spend that much money? You know, money if on it fucking, is good for him, no, good for them. Of course, of course. You know, let you Ryan clean Johnson, the money. you know, I, launder what he wants. Has to be a scam, right? There's no way you spend that much money. Like, I feel like if you spend that much money on a Knives Out sequel, it's gonna look like dog shit, right? Like, yeah, What are you doing? You make with a the lot extra of 200 million? You make
3: a lot of good points here. I think it's a, I think <laughs> I read the only like, man for the job insane. here to get to the bottom so of It's Detective Benoit Blanc. Yeah. To get to the bottom of the money laundering, <laughs> Knives Out oh, Two man. Netflix half a billion money scandal.
2: <laughs> that's
0: that's Knives Out Three.
3: Wow, that would get really meta. Yeah. <laughs> Did they meta. ever announce like the name of it?
0: Whatever. Uh, so two sorry for interrupting. I out. just remembered uh, obvious crimes happening in front of me. Obvious frauds. The Knives schemes. Out Three Tokyo Drift. was oh, sick. So uh,
1: yeah,
0: all right. So yeah, Zach, explain the premise. I'm I I, I right. You you
3: take something that upset, like you don't think was that good, a piece of media, whether it's a movie or a TV season, uh, and you you didn't like it, you cared about it, wished it was better. You get to say what you would have done differently with with that piece of media. So I, for instance, chose uh, Rise of Skywalker because that movie uh, upset me a lot when it came out. Um, So this is, uh, you know, I put together my thoughts the other night, kind of powered through all in one sitting, uh, and, um, you know, thought this would be a better movie than Rise of Skywalker. Is that correct? I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. (laughs) Because here's the thing. I made it a few days ago, and every day that's passed, I'm like, maybe this isn't better.
1: But, uh, you know, we'll we'll talk about it. Corey, what did you bring to the table? So I brought Spider-Man 3, as I mentioned before. The reason I'm here, uh, I definitely think this is better than the original Spider-Man 3. I don't think there's only only way to go from the original is up. So I, I think I took out the worst parts and added in, or kept the best parts and added in some more goodness into it. So I think I th- I'm,
2: I'm pretty excited to tell you guys about it. Jake, you want
3: to uh, go ahead with yours?
2: Yes, uh, so I chose Game of Thrones Season 8 as my rewrite. Um, Important to note, uh, I challenged myself to kind of use the existing framework that the season provided uh, by means that the book will probably be similar and use that and expand it to make it better. Um, That was dumb as I got to the end and realized... (laughs) It doesn't work, even if you expand upon it. So I tried my best to use the existing thing and end it in a similar way. Uh, I will now read uh, what I have written down. Um, yep. Another important note before I start, um, I had a much more solid pitch as this season was going on. And now that we're, what, two years out, I think at this point, yeah. Um, I read some Wikipedia summaries, tried my best to remind myself. So there might be some things I miss, but we'll just power through. Um, So I'm just going to read exactly what I have. Just start yelling at me and I'll stop talking and you can interject. Um, So unlike Rise of Skywalker, where the actual choices made in the movie when evaluated at both face value and at a much deeper level are just absolute shit. Most of the choices made in Game of Thrones in season eight make sense. I'm not a fan who is upset with Daenerys turn or them defeating the Night King outside of Jamie Jamie's character arc destroying 360-degree turn. I'm content. With the choices made in the season um, the choice to bring back palpatine and rise of skywalker gross and unjustifiable it doesn't make sense and didn't fit with the story trying to be told in the previous movies daenerys killing innocent humans at face value i can accept it but it's evident where game of thrones went wrong um george Rowan martin's book finally comes out i assume it's gonna follow a similar story the difference it's gonna have a thousand words of context i'm um, just gonna contain the much needed growth necessary to justify the actions of characters like Daenerys. It won't set aside the magical elements because the two dicks you wrote Game of Thrones, the magic just didn't really interest them. Um, so I'm going to try to add some context, some subtext, some characterization that will present a better and more interesting season eight. That's my preface. Here we go. Um, first off, episodes one, two, they can stay the same. They don't need to change. They're fine. There's no problems with episodes one and two. <laughs> I liked it. I liked the season through the first two episodes. Yes, and I'll be honest. I like a lot of episode three, but that that is where my changes start. Um, so rather than start from scratch, um, write a whole new story, going from episode three. First off, we're adding light to episode three. Um, HBO spent a lot of money on this episode. We're gonna throw a little more money on it, so you can actually see the shit that is happening um second uh the stakes have to be raised i can't count on all my toes and fingers the amount of times the undead are swarming on our heroes inches away from killing them just to have the camera cut away to something else and then we return they're all alive that was extremely upsetting the night king and his army had been built up over seven seasons eight years Most of the cast to come out unscathed from that fight is unrealistic, especially with the rules that have been set up before the episode. The show taught us that anyone you love can die. Anyone who exists within the world has the potential to die at any moment. This episode takes that idea, one that arguably made the show as famous as it was, and throws it in the fucking trash can. They they do kill characters in the original episode three, but they're ones that mostly feel ancillary to the main plot. So here is the list of characters that will now be dying in uh episode eight sam is being killed r.i.p fights. yes dead fuck whoa. it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Was, i like i like the character i like the character but i think his whole thing he's kind of he's kind of kind of shy kind of not out there he fights absolutely valiantly has a dope fight scene and dies so he does he died
3: uh, defending gilly and and the
2: little sam That is fine with me.
3: Little Sam. Let's go. What a valiant (laughs) moment for him.
2: Um, Yes, because ultimately, I don't think what they do with him in the rest of the season is worthwhile to keep him. And I think his arc would be more impactful with this ending. Um, Next, uh, Bran is dying. Fuck him. Um, Whoa. I'm killing him for both, like legit reasons and because i don't like his character i have a sneaking suspicion that bran's connection to the three-eyed raven will have a lot more prominence in the books um but it's evident that F and weiss weren't a huge fan of the fantastical side of game of thrones so in their spirit uh he's gonna die um, but who has a better story than bran most most of them I hate <laughs> 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 Um, And then the third the third person who's dying in this battle is Jaime. Um, he's going to sacrifice himself for Brienne, <sighs> completing his arc to the hero and giving him a much better send-off than the one we received. Um, all of this will give the battle real stakes and one with consequence, consequences that satisfied the build-up to the Night King and his army. Zach and Corey, how are we feeling so far? That, that hurt to hear Jamie
1: go. Yeah, to, you should have seen Zach's face. It just went straight into his <laughs> shirt. He uh, was not too happy about that one. Something it, I like, Brand dying. I wish you can kill him a few times. Let's do that. Yeah, <laughs> something yeah. I actually
0: remember from when all this was happening, and I would hear you guys cope every week about how maybe they can pull it off, <laughs> and how like, oh, it seems pretty good so far. Lots happening though. It's kind of things are getting kind of fast. I remember being in the car with like Jake or Zach, and I had read the spoiler. I had read like all the leaks and shit just cuz i i don't care. And one of you was like yeah, if, if it's fucking Bran, I'm going to be so pissed. I'm like, "Yeah, huh?" And I was just like, "Yeah, <laughs> cool." It's like smile and nod love like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah, like that that would suck. And yeah, I uh
3: Man, I don't even I wouldn't even care that if it was Bran as king, it's just the way they directed him was so fucking it, like stale and dull. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's so the that genius is genius of it okay uh fuck brand okay um so uh this um the other thing final edit i'm going to make on episode three uh that battle does not end with them winning uh that kills the entire momentum of that season it kills all the build-up they had for seven seasons so instead uh they are going to lose uh as stated previously that that uh well, I said one 60-minute fight is not enough. Uh, in the actual episode that happened, Arya gets the kill. You cheer for about five seconds because it's a cool kill, and then your brain starts to register what just happened, and you're like, that was it. That was it. It's over. Um, so instead, it ends with the Night King killing Bran and the rest of the remaining forces retreating. Uh, we now transition into uh, a major change. Uh, I am increasing the length of season 8 to 10 episodes.
3: Let's fucking go. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for.
2: Um, n- now my uh, my plot strokes are gonna get much more broad because this is when I-, I remember having like my biggest fixes I could make to episode three and this is when it gets a little more difficult to keep uh, to-, to keep the story consistent while making it make sense, but I will try my best um so from this point, all of the remaining people that fought in The Long Night retreat, retreat back to King's Landing. While they are retreating, Jon, traveling on his dragon, presents Jaime's dead body to Cersei to prove the threat that is coming. He states that even when Cersei failed to protect her kingdom, her lover and her lover brother from the ongoing threat, he continued to protect her from afar. Uh, Cersei realizes that there's no way her army alone can defend themselves from the army of the dead so she accepts to let the group into King's Landing in order to prepare for battle knowing that without the dragons there is no hope Um, until that final battle which will not occur to episodes 9 and 10 so that leaves... Five episodes, roughly, uh, for all the other machinations to occur in the background uh, of things that happened in season eight, but at a much slower pace. Uh, John will reveal his parentage to Sansa and Arya um, after negotiating with Cersei and giving humanity a fighting chance. John starts to gain support slowly from people saying that he would make fit for King. Uh, While in King's Landing, John spends his time planning on how to defeat the Night King and his army. Meanwhile, Daenerys is preoccupied with the throne, planning on how to take over once the Night King is dealt with. Her obsession with the throne is realized, and her lifelong supporters slowly start to fall away. It's shown that she cares less and less about the people and more about her being queen." the slow descent of Daenerys and the slow descent from her support is seen over these five episodes. This all reaches its peak in the final two episodes of the season, which contains the final battle between the Night King and all of humanity during this two hour battle. Um, they fight for their survival. Cersei takes this battle as her opportunity to seize the throne, enacting the plan that the audience had been watching her create in the background for the last five episodes. Outside of the large battle, which features typical Game of Thrones awesome. There are three large narrative fights going on. Jon is fighting the Night King, giving audiences uh, the more logical uh, culmination of that battle. Cersei attempts to kill Daenerys, and uh, Arya is attempting to kill Cersei. Uh, In this fight, uh, continuing the stakes of the Night King in his presence, Tormund dies, defending Brienne. Uh, Ugh, miss God. missandei instead of her dying in episode four uh she dies from the hand of a white walker due to directive from cersei uh cersei commands her people to only protect her so Daenerys sees this at fault um Rhaegal, instead of dying in the fucking ocean because she didn't see them um he dies um after after the battle is coming to a close, uh, Cersei takes the gun, fires it into Rhaegar. Rhaegar dies. Um, episode ends with John killing the Night King and Arya killing Cersei before Daenerys dies. The season ends with the crown up for grabs in the kingdom, mostly supporting John due to the leadership shown in this battle and the past few weeks. That is the end of season eight. How are we feeling?
3: My my question is: Does John does John want to be king, or does he kind of oh, like John about it? He, he's still to...
2: he's still John about it. He doesn't okay, doesn't want to be. Yeah, good. I didn't change that. How did you say Daenerys died again in this one? Daenerys does not die. Gold oh, dies. Doesn't, she doesn't. She not die no. in season eight. Oh no. Oh, so th- so wait. So that's the end of season.
3: When you say that's the end of season
2: eight, you're implying there's a season nine. <laughs> Hot damn. <laughs> yeah, and so season eight is episode three ends with them losing the rest of the season everyone is in king's landing together cersei's planning to kill daenerys during the battle um daenerys is trying to uh figure out how to take over once they win and so that season ends with the final and large battle with the night king having john killed the night king Arya kills cersei and the crown is up for grabs um which then are you ready or do you have questions i'm, keep I'm going thrilled. keep going let's just keep it going i'm
3: excited i like yeah. this
1: so much better <laughs> that was the hope. Um, I like when John comes up with Jamie's body. That's my favorite. That was part that so part far. got
3: me too, because I kind of pictured him just, like landing with a dragon. Yeah, and then just and dropping like, have his dropping body the
1: body in front of Cersei. Be like, hey, you looking
2: for this? Like Don <laughs> Cheadle in a war machine story hey, from Age yeah, Ultron. <laughs> yeah. for, you know? <laughs> Boom, you're looking I'll, for this. Hey. That was a difficult problem to solve because I was trying to th- Cersei's pretty damn straight evil the entire show. She rarely shows much humanity besides for her kids. So I was trying to think of any reason she would actually let them in. And that was pretty much the only one that made any sense. Um, so if you guys come up with any in the background, feel free to let me know. Um, here we go. Season nine. So as uh, stated Uh, John not interested in being king. Uh, The kingdom is left with no one to reign as Cersei is dead. Daenerys does take the throne. Um, She is tentatively, at the time, accepted as leader. Similar beats from season eight occur, but uh, instead of them happening in about one episode, they happen over the course of another eight. We get eight episodes to drag this out and actually have the uh, character growth make sense. Um, So throughout the season, she does what she did at the uh, season finale. She orders the Unsullied to execute captured captured soldiers for not defending everyone during the battle. Um, This makes a bit more sense. Her killing a bunch of innocent people in the town when she had already won didn't make any sense at the time but i think it is a much more interesting moral question to have her killing soldiers who did like they did follow cersei's orders and only defend her but we as we know like cersei most likely would have killed them if they didn't listen so her choice to execute them is i think much more morally interesting um she continues to send the unsullied in dothraki out in the world to quote liberate them as she did in season eight uh this violence that her army Uh, Does upon other people mixed with her continued hostility towards everyone causes her to spiral spiral similar in season eight. She learns of Varys falling support uh, from her and turning to John to go to the throne. She kills him just like she did in season eight. After this act of violence, this is the final straw. Uh, she loses the support of everyone. After realizing the fear and terror of Cersei's reign is still present in Daenerys, Tyrion, and Sansa, uh, similar to season eight, suggests that John, uh, that the king, or this is my change. They go to him instead of season eight, they telling her, hey, like we. We think you might have to do something about her because she's presenting a threat to you and everyone um they go to john and suggest that the kingdom instead be uh ran by Daenerys, be ran by committee um john takes this and attempts to convince daenerys to step down saying this should be run by a council in which you will still have a seat you will just not be the sole ruler when she learns that this was sansa and Tyrion's idea she says that this is treason and that they should put be they sh- that they should be put in jail further actions Um, seeing that everyone had been right and that everything they were saying was right he gives her one last chance to step down in which she does not and similar to season eight in a hug kills her Uh, I'm not I don't really give a fuck to sum up the rest of it what I'm giving you is that the kingdom ends up being run by committee with Tyrion Sansa Jon and Brienne on the council and that is it there you go
3: whoa I'm a I'm a fan 'cause I, I was always a big uh big into the idea that there should be nine seasons. You know, especially at the beginning <laughs> of eight. It's like, yeah, they have a lot to do. Uh so yeah, I I was all in on that. What do you, Corey what do you what do you what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was a
1: big fan. I really like how you redid uh season eight. That was that was really cool. And like having the White Walker being or the White the Night King, right? Yeah, the Night yeah, King. The, the Night King being like the big the big bad for season eight for the entire time instead of just dying. Mm-hmm. Randomly in the middle of it, just I like, but yeah, big fan.
3: Yeah, so because I always thought that you know you he deserved his own season to be the threat, and then you know you also have Cersei in there as a side threat, and then you have donate entire season to Daenerys being you know, the bad guy of season nine, and then it's, that that lets season nine, whereas season eight's like the big battle season with all these big set pieces and shit with the Night King and the battles at King's Landing and dragons and shit. Um, you could have season 9 be the more kind of go back to like more political backstabbing Game of Thrones type shit which is honestly the way that makes the most sense to end the show
2: yeah the the season 9 portion of the rewrite and that's why I said I regretted trying to stick to the same like outline is the Daenerys thing and I'm sure Martin will do a better job in the book but it's insanely hard to justify the turn or Jon killing her like the more I look back at the things that happened in that season, they're bad. Then nonetheless, even trying to give them more time and trying to come up with motivations for why she turns as evil as she does. It just unfortunately just doesn't make sense. So I'm interested to see what uh, George railroad Martin does. But that is it. If no other comments, yeah, he's I'm interested to hear about uh, if he ever Spider-Man three. Spider Man three time?
1: Oh, we going straight into it. Yeah, let's get it. I mean, do we? Have, do you? Have, is anyone? I mean, more questions for? I've, oh,
2: I've nothing. Just a nothing. Fan. Nothing.
1: Not, not a problem with you, but I just kept thinking about uh, the Ryan George pitch meeting, or is it George Ryan? Ryan George. Ryan, Ryan George, George pitch, pitch meeting. meeting. Have you, like, have you seen those videos, time. Jake? The guy who
3: does pitch meetings for for movies that are like after they come out, and it's usually like mostly there to point out comedically, a lot of holes. In the, in the plots that are
1: being pitched, he had a really, really good one for season eight of Game of Thrones. That's honestly and like, the best one. That's and, gonna there, be. and there was a part where you uh, talk about how uh, one of the dragons dies in the ocean because she forgot about the scorpions that he had. Yeah. The, or the Iron Fleet. She forgot about the Iron Fleet. And it's like, weren't they just talking about it in mm-hmm. the, the scene prior? I was like, and oh, well, she forgot. It's a very forgettable ship. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and then later, and it's like, and then John shows up, and he's like, well, does Daenerys
3: remember who he is? And, and he's like, yeah, of course. He's like, I'm sorry. I just felt like I needed to. Ask, I don't know. I mean, really good. <laughs> highly recommend you watch
1: funny. it. We watched it right after it came out, and we were just getting mad the entire oh, time. Mad watching and laughing. It. <laughs> mad laughing. Yeah. and laughing. Okay. All right. This one's a thick one, boys. Okay. So this one's kind of this one's kind of a bit long. I don't think it's any longer than uh than yours. It, but you should, yeah. We, we should. We got. Yeah. We're good. Here we go. Okay. Take all so, the time you need. <laughs> thank you. Uh, so I'm going to, I, I, I kind of use the same framework that I use or that they used for Spider-Man three. Like I was watching it and just kind of, at first I was planning on just fixing scenes, you know, just going in and kind of using the basis. But as I was going through it, I realized once you change like a few scenes and other scenes, don't so makes sense. And so it just kind of snowballed, but the beginning starts out the exact same. So it's the same opening scene where Peter goes to MJ's play and then it shoots to them or uh, Peter and MJ kissing on a web. But this time, instead of Venom landing literally 10 feet away from them, uh, Venom lands somewhere random because I figured that's way more likely than Venom landing 10 feet away from Peter Parker, <laughs> where he was in the middle of the forest. Uh, so uh, Venom lands somewhere random and is spotted by an observatory, and scientists in hazmat suits or whatever go up to the area and see what has landed. They then capture Venom. Bef- oh, excuse me. They then capture Venom before he escapes. And it cuts to Peter Parker telling Aunt May that he's going to propose to MJ. She's really excited. You know, that's really exciting stuff. We get a scene of Harry learning about what his father was doing and more voices in his head telling or telling Harry what to do and use, and telling him to use the serum for the first time that his father was using and made him go crazy. Then it cuts the next day when a reporter at the, uh, the observatory found what hit the ground, or... At the observatory that found what hit the ground the previous night, and while writing notes, asking questions, and finally taking a picture of the mysterious substance that fell to the sky symbiote. The symbiote.
3: Yeah.
1: The mysterious symbiote that fell from the sky, he starts to pack up and leave, and the symbiote, (laughs) Venom, (laughs) recognizes a way out and to other people. So he breaks out of the container and stows away an Eddie Brock's bag Uh without being noticed. (laughs) Uh, so then it cuts back to Harry in his father's old lab on the ground, and he's on the ground, and his muscles start to form and they start getting bigger, and you see him start pulsating, and, a, and then it shoots That's to his way. face and a smile on his face. I'm picturing the Willem Dafoe smile. Okay. That's a pretty notable smile. And so I was picturing the, no- sure. the Willem sure. Dafoe smile on his face and a voice in his head that says, Peter Parker. You know, yeah. like a whisper, you know, I'm trying to play, I'm trying to set the scene. You know, so then I got chills to Peter. I got chills, bro. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. So it then cuts to the Peter and Harry fight scene again. But this time, I don't know if you how much you guys remember the scene, but in the scene, Peter, they're fighting and then Peter puts a web across like an alleyway and then he hits that and then he gets knocked out. But this time instead, Peter swings around and punches him in the face and knocking him out.
3: Sounds way more Taking, satisfying to and see.
1: The, yeah, and so you get this really cool Spider-Man knockout scene in the very beginning of the movie, and you're just like, hell yeah, you know, I'm ready for Spider-Man. to so kick some dirt in your eye. Yeah, <laughs> yes. and then he takes him to the hospital anonymously afterwards, instead of just bringing him there and then just be like, I don't know what happened to him, you know, <laughs> like because I don't. I feel like that's on. Un- That's not realistic. So then MJ calls Peter from the hospital, telling him about what happened to Harry and that he should come. Peter says, no, that probably isn't a great idea. And she puts Harry on the phone and he can tell that there is no memory of what happened or who Peter actually is. So he comes to visit for a little bit. Uh, Then afterwards, Peter goes to work and runs into Eddie, who was talking about the meteor that hit and complaining about the assignment, just calling it busy work that uh, JJ put him up to. Uh, that cuts to Peter in a meeting and they are talk. they're going to run the story about Spider-Man and a flying guy fighting in the streets the night before. And we see that Venom is still in Eddie's bag, you know, uh, MJ and Peter have a lunch. So it cuts to them having a lunch and she's talking about the bad play reviews. And Peter says, Hey, it happens all the time to Spider-Man. And she says, well, you know what, Peter, this isn't about you. Okay. This is about me. And I really want to like, I want to help me. Um, Hell yeah, MJ. But Eddie... And so then it cuts... And so there's a lot of cutting around. I just want to preface that. I don't know if you can tell it, but well, I, let's I, move. I do a lot of cutting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then it cuts to Eddie walking in the street... So Eddie's walking down the street after work, and he's taking a shortcut through an alley, which in a superhero movie is never a good idea. And as he does this, a guy with a gun tries to hold him up and says to, "and says for him to pull out his wallet right then and there. And so Eddie's complying. He's like, hey, okay, no problem, man. Reaches into his bag, and right then something latches onto him, and Eddie starts screaming as Venom slowly overtakes his body. And then once Venom fully overtakes his body, he kills the mugger and starts... And that starts the bloodlust. Yep, the the good old fashioned bloodlust. The good old fashioned <laughs> bloodlust. Uh, and so he start and he's thirsty for more. So Peter and MJ are still talking over lunch when they notice people screaming outside. So Peter says go get him tiger because that's what he says in the original <laughs> movie and I thought that was a good line good uh, callback, good, ru- callback. Yeah, good callback you know fan service good callback <laughs> to the original Spider-Man yeah. <laughs> and so he runs off to the streets to find Venom attacking people uh, and Spider-Man tries to talk to him like hey big guy what's going on over here you know like as Spider-Man does and, but Venom's not in a talking mood, and he's taking up a lot of his attention. He's by in a continu- bloodlust mood. Yeah, he's in a, a bloodlust <laughs> mood. And so Venom is trying to take up Spider-Man's attention by like attacking other people and throwing things at Spider-Man himself. And after a big fight, I didn't really say how the fight goes. I just said a big fight. Uh, after a big fight, Spider-Man is able to knock down Venom. And as he knocks him down, it retracts, and it shows Eddie Brock unconscious on the ground. Spidey is surprised. Oh. (laughs) Right after, Eddie is arrested and questioned but says he doesn't know anything.
2: Questions so far? No. No, this is all good. This this is all pretty clear. This is all pretty clear. Right, I haven't seen yeah. the original movie in so long that this is honestly like me seeing it for the first time, but in a new, different way that's probably better. So I'm enjoying myself.
1: Yeah. Jake, if you need to close your eyes and you need to really visualize <laughs> it, I, I I think that's completely fine. And I would be I, almost honored if you did. Listen, but my, no, no pressure. Fear, no pressure. Biggest fear.
0: Worst case scenario seat? for me is that in the future, people are talking about Spider-Man 3. And I fucked up somehow. And I've confused what you're telling me as a synopsis (laughs) for the real Spider-Man 3. For the real Spider-Man 3. And I quote like, oh yeah, I remember when he says, go get him, Tiger, in Spider-Man 3. And I look like an absolute fucking clown. Because they haven't listened to the podcast. You know, really, when you think about it, they didn't listen to the episode, they're the real clowns. they You're be like, hey, what about my favorite part is the bloodlust. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, my favorite the part Venom blood is when Venom blood gets blood him lust. in the alley, and, and everyone looks at me
2: like,
0: yeah. what are you talking about? The bloodlust alley favorite. scene. Yeah, no, you're, you're okay. doing a good job. I mean, this sounds like a synopsis, you know? I'm getting the beats, you know? Thank you.
1: I, I appreciate it. I appreciate Act it. Act two. Act two. Uh, so... Eddie's now in jail. The Bugle is running a story on Eddie, and he, it and he uses his only call to call in begging them not to run the story and says it wasn't him and insists it was Spider-Man. But J.J. doesn't believe it. And J.J. fires him over the phone, and, and right before he hangs up, he says, Parker, you're getting all of Brock's assignments. And then he hangs up, and Eddie already hates Peter, so he's even more upset. And then... And then... Uh, Oh, and then afterwards it cuts to the actual the bugle and uh, J.J. is assigning someone to the big Spider-Man celebration that's happening the next day. Peter goes to visit Harry and takes him home after his big head injury, but Peter notices that something is still affecting him, but he's not quite sure what it is. And then it cuts to MJ being cut from the play. And she sees people. Che- and as she walks out from this big disappointment, she sees people cheering in the streets for Spider-Man for the big Spider-Man celebration that we learned in the prior scene. Uh, as the Spider-Man celebration starts, we see Eddie in his jail cell screaming in pr- pain and crying as Venom slowly starts to overtake his body again. And he crashes through the side of the building into the streets looking for the Spider-Man celebration and runs towards it. It cuts to MJ being bopped on the head. I don't know if you get how long you guys have seen. It's a <laughs> so, classic scene. There's a scene Absolutely. where they're standing at the celebration, and then and then Harry and then Harry goes because <laughs> she's she's like, I wish I could be bopped on the head like you, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes. Boop. So that still stays in the movie okay, because good. I really good. like that part. You keep what works. You keep what works. You throw what doesn't. And that, that, yeah, no, and that part works. works. So MJ finds Peter and they start talking, and she lets him na- she lets it out that she was fired from the play. And Peter attempts to comfort her by again saying that hey, sometimes when he tries as hard as a Spider-Man, he fails sometimes too. But she throws him off and again says, Peter, it's not always about you, and you always make things about yourself. She yells at him and says she can't do it anymore, and she storms off. I think she has to wake up and realize she's dating a literal superhero. Like, well, she didn't get that. She yeah, didn't, yeah. She I, I, I think that Peter's guy. being an asshole here. I think Peter's being an asshole here. Peter needs you know, to be more understanding more fucking five, of her feelings. Right?
0: She's not fucking yeah. five. Why, why are you pulling she, out like, you know, Spider-Man has troubles too. It's fucking <laughs> you, dude. It's, like, she's not like she's not like a kid that
1: admires spider Like oh. Even Superman has <laughs> yeah, even Superman has bad days, buddy. You know, that, yeah, and so she's yeah. she's just tired of it. You know, she's just like I have I have real problems too, Peter. Okay, and that's what her big problem is. You know, we only saw two instances, but I'm sure Sam Raimi would have put some more in here. You know, right. if he was the one directing this movie.
0: If you read um, the prequel comic, you'd see all the instances, right? You yeah. would see all the. You, instances. you find out how so you know, C3PO got
1: his red arm. You know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because the implications. <laughs> because of the implication, that's right. Sorry, references. Uh, okay, so then Peter, distraught about what just happened, swings off to the to the Spider-Man celebration and is met with Venom, causing trouble. Mm-mm-mm. He calls out to Eddie to stop what he is doing, and he says, Try to control yourself, Eddie. But Eddie has accepted it. And Venom allows it to contr- and he allows Venom to control him, making it strong enough to defeat Peter this time. And knocks him into a building and knocks him out. So as Spider-Man fails and gets knocked down by Venom, Eddie, be- Eddie and Venom begin to work together. Uh, Eddie and Venom walk off after causing all the destruction and ruining the celebration. And they start talking about what they should do together and immediately gets towards the newly found hate for Spider-Man. And Venom starts to encourage him to kill all the people that Eddie hates. Because as we know, Venom only amplifies what is within people, yep. and Eddie. So that means Eddie already wanted to kill all these people, and Venom's just saying it. You know, he's like, "We're all thinking it. I'm just the one mm-hmm. saying it." So that's what's going on here. Um, Peter gets up and is met with this all this destruction left behind by Venom, and is terrified that ever, uh, by everything that happened, and that he couldn't stop. He again falls into doubt and swings off to be alone, since Venom is out of sight. He finds a space to be alone and Peter sits and stares at the ring that his aunt gave him to propose to MJ with. Harry arrives at home with this new girl that he met at the Spider-Man celebration and they are they get in and they start laughing. I guess they missed what happened, you know, because they're still pretty happy about their life. Seems know? like
3: like Venom kind of went on them, you know.
1: Yeah. Venom wanted like a laugh. killing blood, streak, the bloodlust. A bloodlust, you
3: know. L- listen, and, uh, I'm, they, I'm looking for any
0: it. excuse to leave any public gathering, party I'm at, you know, fucking
1: gets too hot, I leave and
0: that's
1: and that's exactly what Harry was doing you know <laughs> Harry was just like let's just get out of here you know I got a place. Um, so Harry arrives at home and they're laughing and they're walking around and she sees a picture of his dad hanging on the wall and she asks questions. So they're like, oh, who is that? And he starts talking about what he can remember, but he can't remember much because he was hit on the head. We know he got bopped. He got bopped. He got bopped. <laughs> and so he, he says what he can remember, but really tries to think of more. And as he's thinking, he starts to hear subtle voices in his head again. And he tries to shake them off like that's nothing. And then they walk and they finish the rest of their night. After they finish their night, she leaves and he continues to hear these voices of his father telling him Peter Parker is spider-man and that he killed him and he should avenge his father Mm-mm-mm. you know not good venom it cuts not to bad. venom and Eddie and they go after Peter Parker first thinking it will be easy to do you know this is his first killing on purpose so let's take it easy and Peter Parker is just a, a photographer so might as well it's a cuck yeah oh Jesus yeah. okay it's um, a beta. He's not yeah, a sigma like me, B- Venom. Beta is, is a better term. Venom. Um. So, <laughs> so as he okay? attacks.
0: Okay. okay. I,
3: you okay? Sir? Brian's, Brian's uh, rendition of Eminem's Venom there <laughs> caused me to spit out I'm my feature um.
2: water. I've been waiting for Brian's Tom Hardy the entire time. And no, he's kept I, it I gotta save it, man. You
3: kill. You kill. You
1: work for the bad people. <laughs> oh, gosh. Continue, Corey. Oh, yeah, continue. OK. So, so Venom goes after. Venom and Eddie go after Peter Parker, thinking it will be easy. And Peter starts to fight Venom again. But this time with anger because he's really mad. MJ just broke up with him, you know. And he finds a way to start prying him off of Eddie. And then Venom, realizing what's happened, starts to attach to Peter. Is like, "Wow, this is pretty. This is this guy's even better, you know." And so he starts to attach to Peter Parker, and uh, Peter takes Eddie to the police and hangs him up by his hands like this in front of the police station, you know. Hell uh, oh, yeah, in front of the police station, and Peter tosses it or. And then it cuts to Peter in his bed and he's tossing around in his sleep. And that night, he wakes up to find himself in a black suit on the side of the building and he is like, Whoa, I feel strong. This feels good. <laughs> and then he goes for a joyride. And it's a, it's a really cool scene of Peter just going swinging. It's really fun, you know? Uh, I have a question. And after this, yes. I w- yes, we're not at a question part, but you may ask. It, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. No, continue, actually. Continue, actually. No, I no, believe, no. You believe... already the
0: momentum. <laughs> <laughs> I think my question will be answered.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah, that's right. We're almost to the end of Act 2, okay? We're almost to the end of Act I, yes. 2. Yes, yes. Uh, gosh, Where were we? Jesus. I'm sorry. You were right there. Oh, yeah, okay. Almost to the end of Act 2. Here it is. (laughs) So Peter continuously tries to get in touch with MJ, but there is no luck. He starts sitting in his room waiting for MJ to call, and he sits by the scanner listening. And then once he gets really upset, he just throws on the black suit and goes to fight crime and slowly starts to hurt innocent people. And what I mean by this is he starts to... Get like less like worried about what the crime is, and more worried about that that's crime, you know. And I'm just gonna stop it. And it's like if it's stealing a bike, he's gonna attack it with the same momentum that he attacks a bank robbery. He's, he's right. gonna
3: find out that you're sharing your Netflix password, Brian. he's
1: gonna <laughs> yeah, he punch you come. in the jugular. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna yeah.
0: find. He's gonna find out someone went across state lines for marijuana and just kill him. Yeah, and, you know? and he's oh. literally he's gonna
1: hang him up. You know,
3: he's not yeah. he he's it's not really, recreational here, he, bucko. He, yeah, yeah. he sits. So, <laughs> He, he sits at the
2: be- Colorado Kansas border and just fucking takes cars <laughs> out. It's just fucking. Yeah. So he just really cuts down the border. I'm going to
1: kick some dirt in your ass. <laughs> and so, but he's not caring at all. And so then, after all this, in the middle of it, he sit, he's, it cuts to him sitting on top of a building, waiting for something to happen, when he hears a voice, the voice of Venom telling him that there is a better life and that no one is stronger than him and that they could cure the world of all the pain together more than eddie and him ever could and so peter convinced of this they start on their quest Benham more and more starts to talk to peter and convince him that the people around him are trying to bring him down and keep him from his full potential and Benham wants to help peter reach his full potential this is like a montage of peter's relationships being affected by this he's yelling at work he starts to kill villains or not like killing villains but like how he killed uh sandman in the original one or he attempted to it's like that but he starts to be more disrespectful and like less caring about people's lives and what he does to them uh he's blowing off mj and harry and he's starting to yell at aunt may so that's like 30 minutes in the movie right there that's what i'm that's what i'm picturing Um, all the while, Harry is hearing voices too, voices that bring back memories of Spider-Man and his father that tell him to be strong and that people are trying to hold him back from his full potential looking for help. He reaches out, uh, to MJ. Harry thinks that she is hiding something from him. Well, probably that she knows about Spider-Man's, uh, identity. Uh, and he gets mad at her. And, he, and she leaves, you know? Mm-hmm. He's like, what are you hiding? And then she storms off. He's like, I'm not hiding. Nothing! Nothing! You know, because <laughs> she, she loves storming off in this movie. Harry feels like he has nowhere left to go and feels that everyone is lying to them. And so he sets off to get his revenge against Spider-Man for killing his father. Questions?
0: Are we going into Act 3? This is we, about to be acting. We're act entering three. the final act. We're entering the final act. Okay, so I guess my question is does the dancing happen in act three? <laughs> or are you getting rid of that entirely?
1: Right. So I didn't put the dancing in here necessarily. Yeah. yeah. If, so, if Sam Raimi still wants to put it in there, that that would go in the <laughs> montage <freaking> of <laughs> Pete, Peter's relationships being ruined, you yes. know? Yeah, I know that, yeah, so, that is when it's we, like a footloose. Kind of feel where like dancing means that he's a bad guy, you
2: know. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, no, for sure. The only two things I remember from this movie is Sandman and the bell tower scene. Are either of those in this movie still? So, so we've missed. So Sandman is not in this movie,
1: even though the creation of Sandman was really, really cool. The part's really cool. And I was watching it. I was like, man. If only this character didn't and suck when he's you know? trying to pick <laughs> up, like that. Doesn't he have like a ring or something? He's trying no, he to pick has, up he has a picture of, of his daughter, daughter and he, he can't pick it up because he's sand. Yeah, he's like, Oh, I'm just yeah, that was good, that was solid. Um. It was really emotional. I really liked that part. If I could put that part in there and just be that part and the movie still makes sense, I would. But I just you, don't think that's possible. It can be like
2: a, like a Pixar short, like a five-minute thing
1: before the movie. <laughs> it, would just be, it would just be him running from the police, hopping over the chain-link fence with the barbed wire fence that he just hops over without a problem and no one seems to care about it at all. He's a burglar. He's been doing this for a while. Barbed wire is still gonna cut your skin. Yeah, you matter how you need ma- like scissors, no matter right? how, many, how many, yeah, how many times you've gone over barbed wire, you're, you don't uh, develop calluses enough to, hey, Corey, to get the, through the that. barbed wire expert. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I had a forty-five minute conversation with with Mitchell the other day about whether or not we were waterproof. But that's uh, anyway. Uh, so Act Three. <laughs> Yeah, hold on. That's next episode. That's the next episode. I'm more than happy to come back on there for that, because I, I have a lot of good arguments for it. Anyway, so, Act 3. Peter and Venom continue to bond at night and hunt down evil wherever they can find it. Venom tells Peter how much he loves him and how he is the most powerful thing in the entire universe, and he feels lucky to be with Peter on his noble journey. Aunt May and Peter start to talk about what is going on and her concern for Peter's recent changes. He tells her how he is trying to be better and how MJ and Harry kind of don't feel like his friend anymore. And so he doesn't feel like he has anyone to talk to except someone he works with. It's Venom. It's Venom. Uh, that, and she tells him that clever. this is the time. That's that's smart. Yeah, that's clever. <laughs> and so she tells him that it's time to finally reconnect with MJ and Harry. And so as he reaches out to MJ, they start to talk again, and he realizes how much he missed her and needs her back in his life. And they agree to slowly start hanging out again. But at the end of the first talk. She tells him that she, he should probably be concerned about Harry because the last time they talked he said something about wanting to kill Spider-Man. <laughs> or no, he said wanting or he said something about Spider-Man about Spider-Man killing his dad and how he wishes he could do something about it. <laughs> no, I would have He, he, he does <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he, I know it's kind of awkward. He, <laughs> he doesn't say. He doesn't say anything. No, 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 no. That was no, my no. note too. I was doesn't. like, it seems like something urgent
3: that she no, should no, no, probably okay, went off. Wait,
1: wait. Okay, so he doesn't say anything about uh, Harry's not saying anything about wanting to kill Spider Man. He's like, I, f- I keep getting these things about Spider Man killing my dad. I wish I could do something about it. So that's what Harry said. You know, okay. nothing like crazy. Nothing crazy. Well, I you mean, know, he keeps maybe worth a call. <laughs> I, okay, she so you really say nothing crazy, <laughs>
0: but he seems to just have said, "I get voices in my head that tell me Spider-Man it killed is my a father." Pump. Yeah, he killed my. So I, that is a little, not
2: but, to get uh, you know.
1: So I don't imagine too much time. Crazy. I imagine like this, ha- like that meeting happened, like they got breakfast, you know, and they talked about that, and Peter calls her at like eight p.m., you know, right after dinner. He's just like, you know what, I'm going to call MJ. You know, because he had dinner with his aunt, so So that's what I'm imagining. It's not like, it's not like too far away from each other. Okay. Um, So yeah, there you go. Uh, for sure, for sure. (laughs) Don't feel like anyone decides or something work. While he finds a
2: spot, Brian, I have I have a question for you. How how would you feel? a Similar situation. Madison's on her way out, and Toby goes. By the way. I'm going to kill Brian. And then Madison waited a week to tell you.
0: No, but no. Isn't, in court, <laughs> isn't, it, like, isn't it like seven years? I mean, Isn't it like seven hours or something? Yeah, like it was. Like, yeah. a little.
1: It's like 10 hours. Yeah, so 10 hours. Hour. Listen,
0: listen, I get it. Not nearly I, enough I ha- time I to let Peter three know. Make. <laughs> None of you guys are feds, right? <laughs> I got a new car. I she, was to busy. The fucking she had DMV. a shift at that jazz bar. Yeah, I'm like seven days past where I needed to get that shit registered. I don't even know how to make payments to insurance. So, yeah, it takes me a little bit to make phone calls. So, if MJ is like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm
1: gonna, to, I'll call him later. I'll call him later. But I get it. I get it. But, get but it. then he calls her, and so she's like, oh, you know what? Yeah. This is a perfect time oh, to Oh, thank God. Thank yeah, yeah, God.
3: So, yeah. oh, there was one thing. <laughs> <There> was, oh,
1: <laughs> Brian, also, uh, none of us are feds, but this is going to be posted online. You are aware of that, correct?
0: Yeah, I know, but like, no one listens. so. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay, listen people listen you know the numbers not terrible Huge. do i think the feds are in that group no you know <laughs> is it a crime is it a crime to drive around without registration or is it a misdemeanor maybe
1: nonviolent. you know maybe a night in jail nothing bad just to shake you up a little bit but nothing big <laughs> brian can't handle
2: do a it's pen over on my car <laughs> if, if Black Suit Spider-Man found out, he would beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> he, would literally, he would come for vengeance. Um, okay,
1: so back into it because we're almost there. So Peter tries calling Harry, but with no luck. And he's like, shit, you know, he's pretty upset because he's trying to get revenge on, on, uh, on Spider-Man. So Peter again goes out to fight crime in the city, but starts to think that he shouldn't be working with Venom anymore. And Venom doesn't like this. And tries to convince him as like otherwise that they or he tries to convince him otherwise, but while they're having this conversation, Harry comes in and attacks Peter. Peter's surprised and tries to convince Harry to stop and that he didn't kill his father. Harry doesn't listen and continues to attack and Venom tells him to kill Harry now but and that he is evil and too far gone. but Peter stops and gets hit again and thinks he can't kill Harry. he's just lost right now and he isn't a bad guy. Venom says, no, Peter, he's evil, and he's trying to kill you. You have to kill him so you can continue to protect the city. And Peter, convinced of this and tired of getting hit in the fucking face, swings in and again punches Harry straight to the face and to the ground. But this time, it doesn't knock him out. And Peter looks at him. Peter looks at the Harry scroll, like, on the ground like, oh, you know, like, oh, you, you <laughs> yeah, know. An and, yeah, and, like a quick oh. anim- Anakin moment. And Peter realizes that he's not stronger with Venom. And Venom is only making him weaker. Where does that go? And so Peter realizes that he's not strong with Venom and begins to rip off the suit with all the strength. But Venom resists and begs Peter not to, telling him how much he loves Peter and how he needs Peter and how Peter needs him. But Peter doesn't give up. And then Venom does give up and he releases Peter fully and says, "Why are you try- why are you doing this? Do you think you can beat me? You think you're the only, or <clears throat> you are only strong because of me. And then he throws Peter to the ground and then binds Harry and starts to beat up Harry because Harry was trying to kill Peter. Until Harry comes to his senses and begs Peter to help him out. And then Peter goes in and he's like, Yeah, of course. And he hits Venom off and he stands Harry up and they're like, Okay together you know they have one of those really close moments we are all the jedi yeah we are the jedi and then they start to fight a lot again not a fighting guy so i just said they fight a lot and then peter and harry don't see an end in sight as harry forgives peter and says he is sorry for what he has done to him and then harry flies into venom and venom slowly starts to overtake peter or harry's body as he did to peter and eddie before and what once he is d- or, and once he is done and Harry is still under control of himself he grabs his bombs and sets it off killing himself and venom once and for all. Then Peter realizing the fight is over swings off to MJ and naturally they bang. Boom. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> end <laughs> credits directed by Sam Raimi vindicated sigma move. Sigma move. Hell yeah. yeah. So I kinda lost momentum there
2: at the end, but I think you got the point. No, you know? I got the point. That was good. You know, it's, momentum. It's, uh, the one thing I remember from this movie when I saw it when I was like nine or eleven, whenever the fuck it came out, is that it is cluttered. And I appreciate that your movie is focusing on one thing yes. and developing these like three characters and yeah. is a, a very smart focus. And I like I like the the use of Venom and his like not that he his arc, I guess. Good job yes yeah,
0: i, I you, liked it you. yeah I, I appreciated it it was doing uh it, it did not overextend you know i, I feel like yeah. it, it, overextensions happens in spider-man 3 and it didn't <laughs> it did not in your synopsis it feel it seemed like a very uh, tight 90 minutes hour hour 20 we'll see
1: <laughs> <laughs> i was kind of feeling it two 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 and a half hours. i was going for uh two hours and, uh, four minutes so yeah, two I hours and four I minutes. Four minutes. That, so, yeah. yeah. two hours four minutes. i are not movie. good with
0: time. I saw I saw Blade Runner. I thought I was in there for eight hours.
3: <laughs> no, I don't want to hear it. Uh, we're not <laughs> even good in that. Four hours. I wish there, I wish that movie was longer. That's, that's that's its only problem. You're out of your fucking mind. Longer. You're out of your I wish it was longer than it. two hour
1: forty five. Yeah. All right. Well I'm glad you guys liked it. We're yeah, hours. Thank you. Eddie. Thank you guys. Let's go. All right. You guys ready for the the rise? Jake, do you have to
2: bounce? Unfortunately, I have to bounce. problem. Here, I'm promise just excited though. for you
3: to listen to it later, though, Jake. I yeah. want you to yeah. hear it. So
2: <laughs> to the audience, I will listen to this and bring my report next week. Better yet, I feel Jake, about it. you can edit it. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk. What an we'll talk. offer. <laughs>
3: uh, you also leaving? Corey's also going to leave, so that's okay. okay. Jake, I mean, Zach, it's time.
0: You yeah. and me, buddy. Oh, just me. Against, I'm going to be talking to
3: Brian, and I'm going to be <laughs> letting him know it's going to go down.
0: <laughs> I, I want to hear it.
2: My recommendation, uh, go play Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. It's super fun. Uh, Prettiest game I've ever seen. Best Ratchet & Clank game. Uh, this was fun. Can't wait to listen. Bye, y'all.
1: Corey, do you have a quick recommendation you want to give before you go? Uh. Anything. Oh, there's this book that I got. Oh, it's, a go. pi- it's a pirate book. It's called Black Black Flags, Blue Seas, or Blue Waters. Yeah. It's sick. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Um, I'm learning Is a fiction? lot. I'm only one chapter in. Um, big pirate guy. I went there to buy a book on Alexander the Great, and I ended up buying a book about pirates, so that tells you a little bit about me. Mm-hmm. Is it um, fiction or nonfiction? Yeah. No, it's it's telling the true stories of the world's most notorious pirates. Sick. It's awesome. Big fan so far. Okay. Awesome, Brian. So I really much. appreciate you allowing me to be on your podcast. I mean, it's uh, not my podcast; it's our podcast. Really, Thank you for coming I mean, on. We always love having you. Really guests. appreciate it. Um, uh,
0: do, you, do you want to plug your Twitter for for any new Corey fans that you may have picked up?
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're a fan, follow me, Corey Keithley. Corey spelled without an e, C O R Y, and then uh, Keithley, K E A T H L E Y. Really appreciate it. Um, I uh, yeah. We'd love to I have you really tweet
0: again.
3: anything I'll put your, uh, in the description. Yeah, yeah no, honestly, you, guys,
1: gonna, you, you guys
3: are the two Twitter accounts, Brian and Corey, that I have tweet notifications on for. Really? Yeah, most of That's Brian's crazy. are, Why'd are, are replies. <laughs> Why'd you do that to yourself? Why'd I'm not tweeting that Half much good stuff. Half of Brian's are replies that are one word that just say based or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I still show. I'm like, it's good to know he's out there. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be using my. I'm definitely gonna be using my second account to like just reply to the content cube, be like, "Hey, you should have that guy I'm on more often." Oh just fuck yeah! Bushy gazans, anything, man. Just, just my shit post account, so it's like okay. all good. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks for you coming, again. On, man. Have a good
3: one. Yeah. Yes, I thank you for it. coming, dude.
1: I'll see you guys.
3: All right. See ya. Corey is Audi 5000, but it's okay because he already knows his pitch because he was there with me when I began it. And then there were yeah. two and then there were two just me and Brian the Zach and Brian show this is going to be an
0: intimate this is going to be an intimate deconstruction
3: the most intimate of all Content Cube this is going to be an
0: intimate deconstruction of the rise of Skywalker right yeah Zach, listen I don't know how Mm -hmm. Spider-Man affected Corey I don't know how Game of Thrones affected Jake that much outside of just being disappointing for preface, just for the audience, you know, and I don't, I don't know, just as someone from the outside, this shook you more than I've ever seen any piece of media shake anyone. <laughs> I don't, I
3: I was not able to talk about it on the podcast uh, after the movie came out. You know, one of the, probably one of the biggest movies to ever come out, you know, episode yeah. nine of, the, of Star Wars. And I was just like, I can't talk about it on the podcast. Don't know if that's content that the content cube can talk about because I it yeah. just broke me so much. I, um I remember
0: you were in the group chat. Yeah. I remember you were in the group it, chat. I mean, uh, us and some friends are in and you said, you know, this is really uh making me re <laughs> reframe how I engage with media in my life. I'm like, damn, this really uh it shook
3: me, for uh, sure.
0: I, yeah, this really shook you. Yeah, it made me wonder if
3: I should even care about movies at all going forward. If and, they can be so so bad. Yes, uh, cuz I got over <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> um, I should. Bro, I what if you really were upset, still depressed about it? Then that would just be a sign of something else was probably wrong <laughs> with me to begin with.
0: Like, what if this was still like the worst thing that ever happened to you? You know what I
3: mean? Well, it's still up there, but I'm just gotten yeah. over it. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, you know,
0: trauma. We it's, heal. it's
3: okay. We heal. That was a bad night. That was a bad week. Honestly, did you yeah, see it like heal. twice? Right? Um, I did see it twice because I had bought tickets. To see it mm. twice before I'd seen it once, assuming that I'd be amped to see it again two days later. So I had already bought tickets before I the saw ultimate it the first time pre-order. for two different showings. <laughs> the ultimate <Yeah>. pre-order. <laughs> you know, you thought I thought so at the time, um, but right, evidently uh, not. All right. I've been waiting here's months for this. All right, so yeah, um, you know, maybe there. Here's the thing. I, there are always things that I thought. I get the last second idea, and I'm just like, "Oh, I just wish I could have done that." But this is what I wrote yeah. down, and this is what I'm sticking to. Okay, uh, yeah. you know, before I, you know, start, Star Wars, in my opinion, is a you know story about, at its core, it's about family and mm-hmm. uh, you know, adventure and uh, redemption. So I wanted to make sure I stick to that, um, and not make something that's like completely completely fucking different but you know also yeah, yeah. I don't, you don't I'll want just to like go you don't want to return of the jedi that. or new hope like jj would do yeah uh so yeah i think that's that's where we're at with that so just um continuing uh from you know last jedi uh by the way brian i don't have a title for this yet. i don't have episode Nine. i don't know what it would be so if you know if any listener listens to this, you know, the few that made it this long. Listen, dude, um, they didn't they didn't know what know, they were uh, calling it. Let me know it. what you would call this episode 9 cuz I don't know. Listen, they didn't you know, know what they it's were not, calling GP it. It be Dual Fates. Before they started making it. So right, I don't think they did either. Uh couldn't be Rise of Skywalker, and as much as I actually think the title Duel of Fates, the the Colin Trevorrow script that they, you know, dropped for JJ instead uh, as, as actually much of that title would fit what I've given it uh, I would want to give it a different one since that's already a hypothetical script um but yeah here we go just gonna get right into it here um it's been three years since the Ryan Johnson's the last Jedi uh, the really? resistance has grown since Luke's heroic sacrifice on crate his legend or his legend spreading throughout the galaxy and expiring hope as uh, implied by broomboy at the end of last jedi. Likewise, the First Order has begun work installing regimes on neutral planets. Kylo tracks a Resistance spy to Mustafar and captures him. And that's kind of like the beginning of actual Rise of Skywalker. It'll be cool. Like, let him, you know, do that moonwalk, uh, backslide murder he does at the beginning of Rise of Skywalker. Because that was honestly the coolest part in the movie. Um, But he's just there to track down a Resistance spy, not to find like a a Sith Wayfinder or whatever. Uh, Meanwhile... We find our heroes, Finn, Poe, Chewie, Rose, and BB-8 on the planet Dothamir. They are beginning a mission to break out the children, teens and young adults from a First Order training academy. They, so they're training stormtroopers. This is a big segment. Think like Jabba's Palace from Return of the Jedi. Uh, so it takes a while, you know, a lot of fun, action, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's creepy there because Dothamir, that's been featured in Star Wars before and Jedi Fallen Order and the Clone Wars. It's where like a lot of the witches pretty much of the Star Wars universe are from. A lot of creepy shit. The um, witches, you say? It's the witch planet, Brian. Uh, General Grievous went on a slaughter there in Clone Wars and wiped some. Did the witches ever these, show up outside of Clone out. Wars? Uh, Fallen Order.
0: Oh, I mean, like outside. I did they ever show up in like main movies? They this would be
3: their movie debut, which is okay. why I wanted to put it in there because I thought it'd be pretty creepy. Um, that would be so. Cool. Yeah, Rose encounters a night sister who tells her that the First Order has been oppressing them there though she refuses to join uh her like the volunteer herself or any of her other sisters uh any of the other night sisters into the war so they want to stay neutral uh on this mission ray has a creepy dark side vision i don't even know what that means doesn't really matter either way th- we creep- know. things are creeping her out within the force um the audience will know what's the- happening
0: you know outside right, vision right.
3: you know, yeah just picture something creepy that's what it is yeah. Uh, After liberating the trainees, Finn gives a big grand speech, you know, because he was a former stormtrooper turned resistance fighter. Uh, He tells them that they're free, but many of them agree to help in any way they can with the resistance. It's kind of like the Unsullied, you know, agreeing to help Daenerys after she liberates them in season four. Um, Okay, so that's, uh, you know, I've had this divided into like six sections. That's the end of section one. So that's, you know, intro shit. I picture that maybe 25 minutes into the movie. All right, here we go. Um, Kylo Ren feels the death of his mother upon his arrival to monitor the reconstruction of Coruscant as the new first order capital for the galaxy. So Leia's died. Uh, we'd we maybe don't know that right away, but maybe he just feels like he hears her voice in the wind and something is very wrong. Uh, we are immediately, uh, back with our heroes as they arrive back at the, the resistance base. um, they are greeted upon their arrival by uh, C-3PO, who informs them that Le- Leia has passed in her sleep. So she's we're not gonna do the whole CGI her in from Force Awakens in one line intervals that like just are so Classy. awkward Classy. and you know weird. So yeah, she's just dead, but she died peacefully. That feels fine to do because um, it's still a big like plot point in the movie because it kind of affects the characters from here on out. Uh, so Kylo is, uh, Kylo felt it through the force. He's mad, really determined. Uh, General Hux is, uh, still scared of him, but he still fucking hates him. So Kylo is the new Supreme ruler after killing Snoke and Last Jedi. Hux informs, uh, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren that the Resistance, uh, you know, informs him of the, the Dathomir, you know, attack by the Resistance. Uh, Kylo gets pissed. He goes to the Jedi Temple and he's really reflective and shit because you know he's back on Coruscant. So now we're re- we're we're back at places from the prequels, Brian. That's really gonna get the yeah. the the prequel fans in here. You know? Dex's
0: diner. Oh uh, yeah. They, they oh, you see yeah. It. Oh, mm-hmm.
3: he might have to take a walk by Dex's diner. That's a that's a swell idea. What was the fucking? tweet? he's still there flipping patties, Brian. <laughs> what, what was Jedi, the fucking... it's, it's
0: Dex. What do you know? Yep. What, what, Let's get what it. What was the fucking tweet we saw? It was. Uh... It was like when they were uh, confirmed. It was like, like, after like, they <laughs>
3: announced that, like, Nia Nubbin or whatever that, that face flap yeah. guy died in Rise of Skywalker in the final battle, and then someone else joke tweeted, like, Dex Dex's, uh, from Dex's D- Diner was no, also Dexter killed Jetster somewhere else. Killed completely unrelated. Robbery. Yeah, Dexter Jetster <laughs> was, co- was killed completely separate at the same time somewhere else. But, you know, thought okay, we should yeah, know so this so now. Official canon. Dex is dead. Um, <laughs> Kyla goes to the Jedi Temple, really reflective and shit, you know. Heads deep within its sanctuary because he's looking for something specific here. Uh, and he finds one of these force connector things from Mando season two and also more or less Jedi Fallen Order. It's like a meditation thing that you can like circle up and then you can like search for the force, it seems like. So he finds Rey and they talk about Leia's death. Kyle tries to act like it's a good thing, but Rey can see it's hurting him. Likewise, he can tell there is a darkness surrounding her. Uh, pulled to the dark side that she can't explain. And she is scared. He questions her if she's uh, also felt the recent shroud of darkness in the force that he's felt because he's been feeling something's off lately too. She denies it. Uh, he, of course, offers her to join him again. She says no, and he warns her not to be around. The resistance will inevitably be destroyed. Um, so Ray Re- reflects on all Kylo told her and her feelings at the sad Leia body burning. So You know, they're doing another Star Wars body burning like we like to do in these movies. Uh, All the characters are sad, but they comfort each other. uh, Poe pulls himself out of his grief to deliver a rousing eulogy, reciting many of the lessons he's learned from Leia. And, you know, put the Leia music here. There's a Princess Leia theme that's like a a recurring bit of music throughout the uh, series. Put it here. It's going to make people cry. Um, After his speech, Poe struggles to pull himself out of his own grief to be a leader, though he keeps a brave face on for others. All right. So that was... Uh, end of part two Okay Turns out there's seven parts So we got five more parts here Okay, uh, okay. Just gonna keep on plowing through Hell yeah um, So Force ghost Luke Appears to Kylo who is was sitting in the Jedi temple Examining a hologram uh, Of Anakin's uh, Swordplay demonstration With a lightsaber This thing has already shown up In Rebels before It's like a training thing of Anakin, like showing how to use the lightsaber. And this is like a cool little Hayden Christensen cameo. And you can't really tell he's much older because it's just going to be on a hologram. But it's still, it's enough for people to freak out and act like I'm their best buddy when they talk about the movie on the internet later. Yeah. So yeah. Ky- Kylo is adamant. Uh, oh, yeah. So they, they, they reflect on Anakin's legacy, how he was the chosen one, quote unquote. Uh, they reflect on Leia's death and their own legacy. So the discussion is mainly about, you know. Destiny is within the Force and all that, and who is actually chosen to do things, and if you're actually chosen, if you have to do what you're chosen to be, what you feel like you're chosen to be, blah, 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 because that's a recurring theme throughout this. Uh, Kylo is adamant that it's too late for him to be anything other than he is. It's always been his destiny, but he also recognizes Rey has a darkness about her that intimidates even him. Luke urges him to turn on the forced First Order. Kylo says no. Leaving the temple, he tortures that spy that, uh, you know, he kidnapped on Mustafar earlier, and he gets the location of the Resistance base on Felucia, which is, you know, where the Resistance base is. That's a planet from Clone Wars. For anyone who's wondering, it's a planet uh, in Clone Wars where Hondo and his pirates are like kind of antagonizing that group of that farming village, and then they train them to, you know, fight back. So it's a place we've been before. It looks pretty cool. It's uh, named it's Resistance
0: Base, or does it have a name? Uh, it's
3: just Felucia, is oh, what the okay, planet's sorry, called. Felucia. Felucia. I don't really know exactly how it's pronounced, but uh, Ray has another scary vision of herself as a Sith Lord. So kind of like in Rise of Skywalker, but you know, it's not going to be out of nowhere and pointless, and it's not going to be her hissing at herself. It's going to be you know creepier than that and heavier, hopefully. Um, mm. Let John Williams put some cool Vader music there and all that. Uh, BB-8 sees something is bothering her, but she acts like everything is fine, as to not make others feel afraid of her, as she is of herself. Though her personal training has frustrated her, as she still feels somewhat unsure of who she is supposed to be, and she is now without her mentor Leia, so she's feeling kind of lost at the moment. And you know, just to clarify, she is still nobody from as Ryan Johnson made her in Last Jedi. Okay. So she's still she is still nobody. Um, the base is attacked. Uh, since Kylo got the information out of that prisoner, right? And him and Rey have a big lightsaber duel. And you know what? You can still put it on water like it is in Rise of Skywalker because that did look kind of cool. And then it concludes with him pushing her to use her full power, which is the Sith lightning, also like in Rise of Skywalker. So I am employing some of the moments that I thought were pretty cool from the movie, um, just in different contexts. So she has that Sith lightning, that blue lightning. Now, we've never seen a good guy use that ship, Brian, so that's pretty heavy. Um, yes. and then he sees that she does indeed have a dark force within inside her, now attributing the recent growth of his own power to her the Knights of Ren are also there and they're borderline Inquisitor level at this point with their own lightsabers and shit and they're pretty scary and cool uh, so people can finally shut the fuck up about them on the internet um, Resistance suffers heavy losses here and you know what, Brian, you ready for this one? this is the big, heavy, uh, probably two-thirds way through the movie moment Okay. Uh, R2-D2 no, is able to hold uh, the first order forces away from like you know keeping a garage door shut or something you know with his computer no. shit. Uh, for the main characters to escape, but you know Brian, he had to stay there and hold it down, uh, and he got blasted, bro.
0: Not like he's this. done.
3: He's done, and everyone no. saw it happen. You know they all they all see this big sacrifice. C three PO, bro. Dead. They've been friends since nineteen seventy seven. Uh. That's sad, bro. He's a, sad he's, gonna, a sad. he's actually right dead. He's
0: actually dead. He's
3: actually dead. I'm gonna stick to it. Big moment. Gonna be that's super rough. sad. People are gonna hate me for it, and that's probably what they're gonna be the most pissed at me for. Is that 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 move? If if I hypothetically made this movie, uh, Chewie and Finn are taken as prisoners, and Ray Poe Rose three C3PO and BB8 escape. Uh, so that is done with that section. All right. Uh, da, 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 da. all right, moving on in custody. Now, this is a scene that was originally in Rise of Skywalker, but they cut it for some fucking reason, even though it seems like it would be the best scene in the movie in custody. Chewie is interrogated by Kylo, who wants to know what other base, of, uh, you know, the resistance may have run to reading his mind, uh, you know, with the force and shit, uh, Kylo sees all of Chewie's cherished memories of ben solo you know him as a kid with han and that and he sees chewie is sad and even after all these terrible things that kylo ren has done he sees that chewie still remembers the good memories of him as a kid and who he was uh so that upsets kylo enough to leave the room with chewie unharmed uh meanwhile poe rose and bb8 all want to rescue finn and chewie obviously poe and bb and rose the new resistance base on Lothal, which is a place from rebels you know pretty cool place uh they encounter a local kid who asks about the resistance asking if the legend of ray and luke skywalker on crate were true and the finn and rose on canto bite if that's all true they're reminded of what they learned that day that they are the spark that will light the fire that will burn the first order down and that you know the legends and the hope they inspire is really what is going to save them at the end of the day uh so that's that's a big you know motivation moment for them uh Luke appears to Kylo one more time on Coruscant, feeling his pain and urging him again to turn to the light and destroy the First Order. Kylo tells Luke his belief that Rey, similar to how Anakin was the chosen one to bring balance to the Force, uh, Kylo tells Luke his belief that Rey would be the chosen one, vice versa, for the Sith, and that she is the antithesis to what Anakin was, and that her destiny is to upset that balance. Uh, Luke rejects that idea. Kylo claims he will bring her under his power. He will succeed where others have failed. His power and influence will extend beyond the Emperor ever had, or Vader, or anyone else. So he's still a bad guy here. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have to bring back Palpatine to be the big bad guy, you know. I'm sticking with it. Brave. Kylo runs the bad guy Brave. here. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Kylo instructs Hux to send a message to the galaxy, a warning that the time of neutrality is officially closed. Any system that resists their rule would be subject to occupation and destruction, beginning with any system suspected to be friendly to the Resistance forces. And promptly, the First Order ravages, I don't know, probably some neutral planet that, you know, we established earlier that was suspected of allowing the Resistance to take, like, hide there for a bit. Either way, not really helping the Resistance, but just being neutral, and that was enough for them to get fucked up by the First Order. So that's, like, the big... Oh shit! We need to we need to act now. You know, one final stand, or else they're gonna. You really first order is gonna like you know destroy the galaxy pretty much. Yeah. So, Poe rallies. Uh, you know, we're on to another section here in my notes. Poe rallies the resistance to attack the first order on Coruscant after they find out the first order. Uh, what they did. You know, and Rose and C three PO go on a mission as one of Leia's last requests to call in a favor. We don't know what it is yet, but it's gonna be a great fan service moment later. Uh, Rey and C-3PO have a talk where Rey confides to him that she feels she has a darkness within her and that she's scared of where it will take her. C-3PO comforts uh, with some story about Leia. I don't know. I'm assuming whoever is a good writer will write up some good writing there. Um, either way, the point is she can choose her own destiny just as Anakin did. Being reminded of Leia also reminds her that she believed there was good in Ben Solo still. Leia did, because it's Leia's son. So yeah. she still has elects that she will st- still try to save Ben Solo within Kylo Ren or whatever. Rose and C-3PO uh, go to Bespin, Cloud City, and they meet with old-ass fucking Lando. So he is in this one, but I'm going to make him less kind of off-putting when he has a weird line to this younger girl at the end. It's kind of weird, Brian. Smart. You, got, you would hate Smart. it. Smart. Uh,
0: yeah. So. It's Hollywood people, man man nah,
3: dude well they're implying that like she's his long-lost daughter at the end of that movie and he's like let's go find out where you're from or whatever and it's like why the hell are you even within the context of the movie it makes no sense so yeah. that's really the whole thing but um so yeah rose and c3po uh get lando to contribute more ships to the final fight against the first order after lando gets emotional about the legacies of the late han luke and leia cuz they're all dead now main three are all dead um you know And so this is, like, Rose's big moment in the movie, I think. You know, her getting—because this pretty much saves them, her getting these ships. Uh, And she got sidelined in The Real Rise of Skywalker, so I wanted to make sure that I corrected that. And she's there with them the whole time, pretty much, and this is her big moment, too. Uh, The attack is launched on Coruscant by the Resistance— with, uh, so the, now we're starting the final battle here, with Poe leading it in the Millennium Falcon. You know, play some Star Wars music. You know, they are of course mm-hmm. overmatched to begin with. Uh, even despite some clever opening maneuver by Poe, that would obviously have to be sick. Either way, it's gonna be cool. Don't know what it was, but you know, it's not my job to figure that out right now. Yeah. Either no, way, Poe I, does yeah. something cool, but they're still pretty overmatched. Ray and Rose get into the main facility uh, where the old Senate was, uh, and you know, like the prequels and whatnot. they because 'cause they're on Coruscant. And Kylo is waiting for him. Uh, Rey draws Kylo away from Rose uh, and Chewie, who escape. Um, so they they were there to free the free uh, you know Finn and Chewie, but they only get to Chewie during that time. Meanwhile, Finn, yeah, I know where has he been this whole time? Well, he this is his art career. Finn has successfully motivated and began a mutiny against the First Order while he's a prisoner there. Uh, you know. He gets the stormtroopers to turn on the first order that are there with him, and he, you know, he he recounts his story and what why what it means to him to be part of the resistance, and you know why it's the right thing to do, and also it, it reaffirms the theme of the movie that you don't have to be what you feel you are, like are. I don't know your fate, you know, whatever, because that's kind of mm-hmm. going on with the whole chosen one thing. But you know it applies to stormtroopers too. So that's they they break out, uh, you know, and they got more more resistance help coming there. Um, and he pretty much repeats Rose's message to him in The Last Jedi. You don't we don't win by killing what you hate. You do win by saving what you love, whatever. Uh, Rey and Kylo have some grand dialogue about their respective destinies within the force, with Kylo arguing it was their fate to rule and that they would bring a new order to the galaxy. Rey pushes for a more chill approach uh, where he joins her in tearing down the First Order's influence and they can bring balance to the force, uh, restore it forever and make and you know preserve it uh kylo presses the right buttons with rays on fears of her identity he's good at manipulation we saw that in last jedi uh, her lack of status in the story like he did in last jedi and her own draw to the powers of the dark side he goats her into a fight with him one more time on the steps of the jedi temple Played duel of fates here really sick lightsaber moment you know kind of combining the sequels with the prequels with the location and the characters Um, He wins after she refuses to use her full dark side strength against him, but he can't bring himself to kill her, even after she declines his offer to join him for a final time. So she rejects this destiny that he's laid out for her, offering evidence that it's never too late to take, take charge of her fate. He breaks down, and she sees how much pain he is in. She finally urges him to do the right thing. Very flustered, he just leaves her there, and he calls Hux to call off the attack as the resistance fighters are almost all defeated. Hux uses this order as the last straw piece of evidence to other First Order officials uh, that, you know, Kylo is no longer fit to be supreme ruler and they need to ostracize him. So they they disobey his order and they continue their onslaught against the resistance fighter. Fighters, Poe is beginning to lose hope like he does in Rise of Skywalker, because I feel like that's a good moment. Um, and Hux orders the stormtroopers to attack Kylo Ren. So Kylo is surrounded by stormtroopers as well as the Knights of Ren who are there also ready to fight him. He seems overmatched even though there's a lot of guys there and he takes a lot of them out. But, you know, he needs help. Rey does arrive just in time to help him. They fight again, uh, together again, just like they did in Last Jedi and to an extent in Rise of Skywalker and, you know, let it be pretty cool. Uh, It's almost too much for them still to before Finn and Rose arrive with other, you know, the First Order soldiers and the fight really starts to turn, you know, to, the, uh, to their favor. So Lando, uh, you know, he's up there too with the ships. It's all going the Resistance's way. Kylo saves a day uh, by, you know, taking down the flagship First Order Star Destroyer with Hux and, you know, the main other officials on it. By using pretty much all of his Force Strength. Similar, if th- to compare this to another moment in Star Wars, it's like Darth Maul uh, completely taking down, like, the fucking S.H.I.E.L.D. generator in Clone Wars Season 7, like, a a huge show of strength, but even bigger, because he's taking down, like, a big-ass fucking First Order ship, literally just with the Force. He brings it all the way down, but it pretty much drains him. Uh, he doesn't die, but it seems like he might have, you know? Well, it lands all around him, and it it looks bad. Uh, so at this point, you, you probably think he's dead, is what I'm saying. Um... So Lando arrives. All those, you know, he's up there too. Blah blah blah. I don't. Know. I don't know why I said that twice. But yeah, the Knight Sisters who were there, who said they didn't want to get involved earlier, they're there. So you see some of their creepy witch magic being used on stormtroopers. That should be pretty cool. Uh, they defeat the remaining First Order forces on Coruscant, sparking more similar rebellious acts against First Order strongholds throughout the galaxy. So that was like the big final fight. You know, you can play your Star Wars music. Big triumphant, good over evil. Uh, now we're into like the epilogue shit here. Uh, resistance wins. I'll celebrate, you know, get the celebration montage, uh, that you get in a lot of these movies from the different planets. Uh, you know, fuck it. Let Finn and Poe kiss, uh, you know, C-3PO and BB-8 probably get hammered, uh, you know, have a good time. And, you know, Rose gets to have another line of dialogue probably. Um, Ray is comforted by the joy around her, though she doesn't seem to be bothered by the loss of Ben Solo, because remember, they think he's dead, um, Luke appears, Force Ghost Luke appears one more time. Comforts her, remind her of the lessons he learned in Last Jedi. Confronting fear is the destiny of the Jedi. She'll just have to keep fighting the darkness within her because he knows just as well that you can't ever fully defeat, you know, your your demons completely. Or you can't no one you can't just complete it's not realistic to think that you're just gonna be fucking cured from things that bother you. It's just the it's just a matter of, you know, keeping that balance and, you know, fighting the good fight and fighting in the darkness or whatever, which is, you know, a lesson that he led to learn The Last Jedi, like I said. So it's much later. Ray is training Finn, you know, to be a Jedi because, you know, he force sensitive or whatever. Uh, and Poe nominates Rose to help be one of the leaders of the reconstruction of a democratic galaxy now that the First Order has been wiped out. In the desert of Tatooine, Ben Solo is alive. Uh, you know, he's a moisture farmer, just like uh, Lars and like our Uncle Owen and uh, Aunt Maru or whatever in New Hope. Uh he has a wife and a young son. One morning this so this is years later now. Uh one morning his son is gone and he finds him out back talking to Ray. So Ray found him in the desert. Um, I don't know, vague force ways. I don't know. It doesn't really matter at this point. Ray uh gives the kid some cute lesson about the force before giving uh like bestowing upon this kid Anakin's old lightsaber. Cause she has her own yellow ones now, kind of like the end of Rise of Skywalker. He runs back to uh, to Ben to show him. They get emotional. They he nods to Rey from a distance. They don't have dialogue, but it's like a mutual understanding that she will, she'll leave him alone out here, and she's glad that he's alive and stuff. And he's you know living a, a better life, even if he still has some demons himself. So she leaves with her yellow lightsaber, and she's like you know walking into the binary sunset. There's no dialogue. Uh, And the movie ends with Ben watching his son run out into the horizon uh, at the, you know, really excited at the sight of Ray's ship flying off the planet, you know, binary sunset behind it, play the force music, Uh, you know, iconic George Lucas or uh, John Williams music there that they play at the end of every star Wars movie. Boom saga over. Didn't have to bring back Palpatine. Didn't have to make Ray someone else. Didn't have to cut Rose out of the movie didn't uh, have to have Hux just say, I'm the spy before getting killed. Didn't have to make the whole movie about fetch quests. Didn't have to, uh, let's see what other things went wrong with that movie. Uh, Didn't have to add an unnecessary characters to establish that both Poe and Finn aren't gay because they were too scared that people would think that they are gay because Disney's cowards. Fuck it, make them gay. I don't care. Uh, You know, that's that's cool. And... um, yeah, that's what I got. I don't have a title, just episode nine,
0: the rise of Star Wars. I don't know. Sounded pretty cool. Thanks, Thank for you, Brian. I'm glad I finally got to hear this. I know, I know you've been thinking about it for so long.
3: I, I there's I, just a lot of. I realized while putting it together that I had a lot of specific segments or ideas or things that yeah. I little things I would change. It is harder to put it together into a cohesive story. Uh yes, So you know, know respect it. to them, you know. It's not easy, but also you could have done better because I feel like this is better and I did this in
0: one night, you know. To, like, to be so, fair, they didn't have a plan, so.
3: Right, what, and neither did I when do. I started started writing this, and this is what I came out yeah. with very little of a plan. So I feel
0: like yeah.
3: if I had even had more time, probably could have came up with some sick shit. Could have been the but, first
0: Star Wars Oscar. Oh...
3: It's coming, man. When Pat, when Taika Watiti gets his going, bro. Yeah. But, still uh, doing that's that? all I got. Yeah, he's got, he's got, he's got his coming. Uh, he's supposed to make some. Patty Jenkins has a movie called Rogue Squadrons uh, coming out 2023. I think that's the next one. And you know, they, it, I, it sounds like Ryan Johnson is still technically attached to do his own trilogy. I think they're just giving him some space to let the, the, you know, the, the guys who hate him get over it. Uh, yeah, but because you know, I I honestly am for him to do more. I don't know if you it, knew that he you know,
0: ruined Star Wars. Yeah,
3: you know, I had heard that rumor. Um, yeah, you heard about it. I think they're unbased, but you know, everyone has an opinion, and that's okay. Yeah, um, my opinion was Rise of Skywalker was the one that wasn't that good. But you know what? Here, I'll I'll you know what? Anyone who stuck around to the end of this episode, you're about to hear you're about to hear a take. Uh, I have not rewatched Rise of Skywalker since theaters, but. I do not despise it anymore, reflecting on some of it. I think as a movie, it's still probably pretty bad, but a lot of the mythology choices I've I've come to make my peace with. It's place in the overall Skywalker saga or whatever. I'm I'm more okay with now than I used to be, which is really what was killing me before. It's still a bad movie in the same way that Phantom Menace is a bad movie. Um, But, you know, I don't hate Phantom Menace's place in the lore. I'm just uh, slowly starting to accept... Rise of Skywalker's place in it, and I think that's that's honestly the only way I could proceed, or else I would drive drive myself insane.
0: Like, uh, like I, I don't know. This is probably like this was perhaps a pres- presumptive question. How many times since watching Clone Wars have you gone back to the part where uh, Asuka has a voice line?
3: <laughs> Bro, I've I here's the thing. She has that voice line in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I didn't watch Clone Wars yet, so that didn't do shit for me. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I'm I'm assuming when I go back now. That might, that one line of dialogue and that voiceover I might actually uh get chills I, might, I think that might get the chills the old goosebumps you know yeah and I oh, and also I, I like want to rebels slow down
0: what what's in it I think there's a rebels character that, I think every Jedi they've ever had in. in... Oh, there's Still a, fiction. there's
3: a, yeah, there's probably, yeah, there was a uh, Freddie Prince Jr. was in there, and they brought him in like three weeks before the movie came out to do the voiceover, and he was just like, doesn't this movie come out in three weeks? And they're like, yeah, and he's like, all right, <laughs> and they just did the line and then left and then laughed about it apparently, but like, um, you know, cool for him, cash a check. Oh, also, yeah, yeah. throw Hera in there, she's a rebels character, I bet she's alive. Either way, I put I her mean, in I the final battle, kind of like she she is in the end of Rise of Skywalker. Um, yeah.
0: I, I yeah. you know I don't care about Star Wars, but I when I read that they did that, I thought that was really cool. I, I like stuff like that, you know?
3: Yeah, I was a fan of that as well, uh, in hindsight for sure. Yeah. Uh, now that I care about those. Now that I see that animated Star Wars is truly the superior content that we've been receiving from them for Is this is that is that decade? your
0: is that your take? Uh
3: yeah, I'd say Clone Wars and Rebels, uh in you know, Bad Batch to an extent so far. Mm. Uh are overall better than the sequel trilogy, yeah, for sure. All right. I mean, I'm a, I'm the I'm the biggest Last Jedi fan you'll find for the most part. Well, not the biggest, but I'm a pretty big one. I think that title goes to Francisco Melendez. I think uh, he probably likes it a little more than me. But um, yeah. yeah, that's pretty fucking awesome movie. But overall, the trilogy isn't super super uh, satisfying as a whole.
2: Uh, yeah.
3: And Clone Wars and Rebels are pretty sick. So yeah. All right. Um Recommendation. Recommendation. The Brad. Uh,
0: my recommendation is, um, it takes two. I finished that with Madison. The, uh, the game where it's like mandatory co-op.
3: Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That sounds you should.
0: Uh, if you have someone in your life that you can play games with, that's. Uh, it's really cool. It, it's uh, a it, very special someone. Uh, I mean, it doesn't need to be a very special someone. Toby played it with like his uh, his old friend online, <laughs> uh, but. Um,
3: I thought you were going to say, I play it with Toby too. and i was like, not Are you no, saying not Toby's not special? <laughs>
0: no, I mean, I mean, it doesn't need to be uh, you know, a, a, an, it's not necessarily a romance game. I mean, it's about a divorce, but I mean, it's, it's like, I, I'm not, I, I say it's about a divorce, right? And you think it's going to be like some like stupid ass, not stupid ass, but like a slow ass story game kind of, right? Mm. You kind of assume that it's really not, it's like a platformer, like, You're doing all kinds of shit in that game like it has so much variety like for like an hour you're doing like a thing where like I'm throwing nails at a wall and she's like swinging across them like monkey bars. And then after an hour you never do that again. It's like oh now this time I'm shooting like explosive material and she's like shooting like the gun that blows it up and they just keep cycling through all these like really fun and like unique ideas for like the entire game. It's really really cool like how they did that. Um, What's your recommendation?
3: Um, I, uh, I don't remember this might have been Jake's recommendation last episode but I have watched it since the last episode and holy shit uh, that Bo Burnham Inside special big fan I gotta watch so it. if anyone I gotta if someone it. has not watched that yet you gotta go watch that the songs are it's funny but honestly the, the humor isn't even what keeps me going back to it it's just really powerful stuff and he's honestly just a really good songwriter too better than I realized so um, he's super talented Hope he's doing okay, but yeah, I'd recommend watching it. It's had a profound effect on me over the past
0: couple weeks, for sure. I got to watch that, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, that was a long one, I think. That was a long one. Um, yeah? Man, thank God I didn't do one. Uh, <laughs> we would have been I'd here honestly, all night, Zach.
3: I think, you know, maybe next time we, uh, if we do this topic ever again, we we, we, we probably find a way to shorten it. And, uh, yeah. I don't know, cause I, you know, there's a few more that I could do it was that a good you know topic. would be shorter. There's other stuff You know, Star coming. Wars is very lore heavy. Star yeah. Wars is very lore heavy, so we, that we one did. would take a while. Spider-Man Three is very comic booky, takes a while. You know, Game of Thrones is a season of a show. It's gonna take a while, yeah. so maybe we pick simpler ones next time. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. Um, sorry about the inconsistent uploads. I've just been busy as hell. I haven't. I got a new job.
2: Um, we'll uh, see you around. Have a good week.